Well, looky here, another episode of the Return to Gilead Sunday Special. I am your red host, Michael LeFaver. Why are you red? I'm Ryan Matlock. You're, you're what adjective host? Are you, you, dude, we do this every single time. I am breaking the mold. You're, you're I'm your not... breaking the mold host, Ryan Matlock. Yeah, but that doesn't break the mold because that's an adjective. <laughs> no, it's a phrase. <laughs> okay. Uh, today we're reviewing episode 8 of Red Rock Mysteries, episode 173 overall on Return to Gilead. Stolen Secrets, part 4. Spoiler alert, Sam worked for the army and... Uh, his plane was blown up by a terrorist. That happens in this episode, or that that yeah th- that talk happens. Did you in this see episode. that one coming? Um, no, I didn't. I I thought he was on the plane. Um, I figured it was something similar to that. Uh, the episodes were hinting that it was something having to do with terrorism, or that there was some kind of terror on that plane. Uh huh. It makes it makes sense. The backstory makes sense that he went in to take down this one guy whose name is. How do you pronounce this guy's name? Asim, I think. Asim Binasaw is how you uh, write the name. I don't know if that's. I think that's it. Yeah, I I do I don't remember we'll, from we'll the episode itself, but that makes sense that he took out this guy's team. This guy wanted revenge. That's directly from the book. Uh, I have the book yes. right here with me, and I I haven't read through the entire book, so I'm not ready to review the book. But that's that's that. In other news, read. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? <laughs> I, I, I don't know how to feel about this one. I was so disappointed. And I I realized, so my first listen through of this episode, I was dead tired earlier this week, and I started listening to it, and I fell asleep midway through the oh, episode. No. So I woke up at the point where he was talking about how they were terrorists. I was like, no, 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 wait, wait, pause this. Wait, go back. No. Yeah, uh, but it was it was fine. I was already super tired at that point. I didn't really care. But I... I, I had a thought, like, when I woke up, I was like, hang on, I feel like this is the end of the first act for Ashley and Bryce's character development. I haven't seen a ton of character development for them throughout the course of the episode. They've mostly been flat. I mean, there are 15 books. <laughs> no, fair. And you did say last time that they don't really grow as characters necessarily uh, through each book it's more just this is how they act and this is how they solve problems but from a, yeah. the story but from the story structure it seems like we don't even get any real action or any real intent on how to act until this episode because the rest of it just seems to be we're gathering some random pieces here and there and just things are happening and then all of a sudden th- it's this one oh wait there's Danny Ingram oh wait we want to go defend him now okay how do we do that well we take down well we go and track down the girls and then okay episode's over it, there doesn't seem yeah. like there doesn't seem like there's the ratcheting up the tension anywhere in this series. It's just stuff happens. There's not any urgency behind it. There's not any reason why they would want there to be urgency behind it until mm. that mo- that point when we meet Danny Ingram and he goes, "Get those girls to tell the truth." Sure. Make those girls yeah. tell the truth. And I and I think as a book, this book in the series as a whole, it's definitely Not the most interesting book when you take a step back and look at the plot. The reason this book is of any substance to the series is because it sets up stuff with Jeff and it resolves stuff with Sam. Who's Jeff? Um, (laughs) the (laughs) friend who wanted to go biking back in like the second episode. What? Oh, him. I totally forgot about him. Yeah, I needed to, I, character later. I wanted to go back and, and re-listen to all these episodes. I just did not have the time, and I'm sure. really sad about that. So remind me of plot points. Oh, let's let's just go back through the plot real quick. So we started off 
the whole thing about Sam saying, I'm sorry for killing your father. And then the, the thing happens with Cammy and Tracy and everything's on lockdown. Then that yeah. episode ends with Bryce kicking open the door and that weird cliffhanger. And then that goes into just more hanging around. And then the, the all nighter or the, the late night at school. And then Ashley's thing with that one, that one kid. Yeah, yeah I'm, just, I'm just thinking thematically, this this four-parter by John Fornoff has been all over the place. There's no consistent three-line until the final. final bit. Oh, I mean, there's normal. Yeah. There's normal, which he, he tries to work in, and the whole red thing, which he tries to work in. But were there through-lines in the book that he could have used rather than manufacturing his own? Because the ones that he uses are hints about red, and that's Ashley's memory of her dad. And for some reason, she hates England because red... Or she hates red because, because that's where his her, their dad was going. Yeah, but double decker buses because red. That's in England. Yeah, there's there are tons of red things everywhere. Why would you associate red directly with that? It seems a couple with England. Well, yeah, like what I I get England that. has you know the soldiers outside the palace. Sure, but there's also apples, which are a universal thing. There's also <laughs> tons of things that I could think of that are red. All of, there's McDonald's that's red. There's Chick Fil A that's red. Um, I don't know. I, it's, it's, there's the Red Rock. Red Rock is where they're oh, living. No. I don't know. It just seems a little odd. It has even I'll, deeper meaning. I'll put it. I'll put it that way. That's it, why she hates Colorado. Colorado. <laughs> that is what that means. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put. I'll put it that way. It's a little strange, and I don't know why. But if it's if you think it's fine. Then I guess. Oh it's no! Fun. I think it's it's weird because I could, again I grew up with this series and so I'm probably going to be a little bit more harsh on someone who wants to add something to it. I don't begrudge John Fornoff for the effort that he took to make it a little bit more interesting and make kind of a a through line where she doesn't like the color red and this is why is because she associates red with England or Britain or whatever. And that's where her dad was going, and so she doesn't want to be reminded of that. That is not a bad thing to do. I think it's okay. I don't know whether it was executed the best. And also, the I think my main issue would be that it ends up being the resolution to the story rather than the conversation with Sam. In the book, that's the last chapter or the last several chapters is the conversation with Sam at the end and there's a I I don't think we got this at the end of the audio drama but Bryce asks if he can call Sam dad yeah that doesn't happen in the audio drama they just cut it (laughs) they cut that in favor of having a conversation between Ashley and Bryce about a new normal and that's I don't hate that but I feel it kind of takes away from the conversation that could the, the the emotional resolution as a family that they could have. Because I feel like the point of this book is really about family structures. Like if you were to grab one theme throughout the whole book, we see that the twins are trying to figure out what to do now that they've almost sort of gotten used to their family structure. But now everything's shattered because they don't know if they can trust Sam simultaneously you have Cammie and Tracy who the whole reason they did everything is because they have a dysfunctional relationship with their family structures 
And then you have the Ingrams, who their family structure is a bit torn because of what Danny has uh, so far as guilt from his past. There's all sorts, like, through, through the whole book, there's these themes of family structures and how they can kind of fall apart and how even after that, there's still hope that they can be brought back together. And sometimes that's complicated. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's awesome the way that it comes to a resolution. And sometimes it's a bit sadder, like in the case of Cammy and Tracy. There's all kinds of stuff to play with there. But to ignore that and instead talk about a new normal in light of the parents' death, I don't, I feel like as far as the book is concerned and how the twins deal with things throughout the book, they talked about how they felt about their dad in the previous book. Yeah. This book, they do a lot more to talk about what they're thinking concerning their new dad. Mm. And I feel that's more their focus. Yeah. It's, it seems just like it's something in the background in the audio drama. I don't know how much of an emphasis is placed on it in the book itself, but it seems like this is just something they're thinking about while the rest of the audio drama is going on. And then the only progression that happens is at the end when Sam goes, you know, they were telling me that I shouldn't, I should just drop it. I, sh- I shouldn't tell you about it, but I really feel like I should, because it, it's not fair to you for me to just tell you, I'm sorry for killing your father and then not explain it. That felt a little bit cheap, <laughs> but I know that's, that's the way that the book does it. And I'm not going to fault the book for that and necessarily at this point. I might next week when we do the, the book review, but <laughs> at least for now, that's, that's okay. And I have, I still have questions about, um, like for instance, when Bryce was at the library and he tries searching for Sam or for their own address and it comes up with blocked or something. Do you remember that? Yes. Is that a thing where you search on Google and the Google search is blocked? No. No? No, you just won't find things. Yeah. So you told me back then there was a reason for that. It was, has the reason for that been revealed? Uh, oh, well, so I was gonna, I think when I said that, it was because of the reveal that the government has wiped his record clean. Sure. And everything. That's just not how internet searches work. That, yeah, it's it's not how the internet works by any means, unless there's some, like, I mean, uh, let's search for his name right now. (laughs) I tried. It comes up with a bunch of obituaries. There's nothing, nothing relevant. Right. I think that makes a lot more sense that it could be that they were just trying to use a school computer and it doesn't allow you to just google anything who knows yeah oh well but yeah the the reason is because the government is blocking it i think was what i was going to say i get that uh there was another thing about atv helmets it's not mentioned at all in this audio do you want to spoil it here sure so that's the whole reason they go back is because they left their ATV helmets when they got scared off by the mountain lion. Who was actually Danny? I called it. <laughs> yes, yes, you did. I was, I was biting my tongue while you were talking about that. <laughs> Yay! And I think I actually asked you in that review, was that actually a mountain lion? And you say yes. So you kind of threw did me I off. Did I say there. yes? I feel like it, here's the clip. Okay. Yeah. So it's not Danny Ingram. It, it was just, it was, it just exists because it happens in the book. That makes sense. Hey, this is Michael Lefebvre. Uh, as you just heard, that's the only context given. Uh, Allie, uh, was I wrong? Yes, you're oh. always wrong. Okay. I'm sorry, hate to break it to you. Thank yeah. you, Allie. Bye. Bye. I don't remember exactly from, like, right now in recording, but 
It was something along those lines. I feel like I tried to be, like, say something that was nondescript, like, you know, we'll find out or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry if I said yes. <laughs> Maybe you just, yeah, w- whatever you just said, it was fine. But no, that was, that was funny because <laughs> she was like, did you make a mountain lion noise? I was like, wait, wait, wait. He's like, yeah. I was like, hey, yes, he said it. <laughs> okay. Uh, but ATV yeah. helmets. Yeah. So the, I this is page 128 onward. So that's where they say mountain lion and they run away. I still think they don't understand how chapters work. And then a couple new pages. This is page 131. After breakfast the next morning, Ashley occupied mom and I stole outside the, to the barn. I pushed the ATV outside to the back so it wouldn't make too much noise. Just before I turned the key, I heard someone behind me. Sam says, see anything last night? Not really, I said. We didn't see anything. We simply heard a cougar scream. Oh, wow, that's good. I I can see the subtext here. And I can see his emotions here in the subtext. Oh, this is great. I love this. (laughs) Yeah. But then few a little bit lower. So the reason he's got his ATV is he's going back for the helmets. Yeah. It says, we'd left the, the helmets on the plateau. I swallowed hard, then accelerated to the path. Something sparkling in the golden sunlight caught my eye. There's nothing like a Colorado sunrise. Aww. I drove left and couldn't believe my eyes. Our helmets. Someone had placed them on the rocks. It was the mountain lion. It was the mountain lion. <laughs> so that's a that's another point. Like, that's the whole reason that he goes back afterwards. But it's also a clue that it wasn't a mountain lion a lot earlier. Okay. That's something where if that had been in the audio drama, I could have been able to figure that out a lot earlier. Or ha- kind of have my suspicion confirmed. And... I don't know. I I would have liked I would have liked more of the distrust of Sam throughout the audio drama, which I don't really get. You've got that scene where Sam and and Bryce are just hanging out and as I think Sam is taking Bryce somewhere, but it seems like Bryce is perfectly fine with Sam. I don't get a hint that Bryce mistrusts Sam at all throughout the entire thing. So yeah, that no. would that would be nice to have that fleshed out more rather than just have a random England souvenir shop in Red Rock. <laughs> <sighs> I, I did love the the clerk who <laughs> he's like, go get something tacky. Excuse me. I was like, oh, I mean, <laughs> it was a little bit funny, but just that guy carried was this funny. entire series. <laughs> that one guy. <laughs> it's two lines. Uh, there's another line in the second scene where they're eating cereal, and Ashley goes, Bryce, we've got to do something. Yes, we must eat, eat cereal. cereal. <laughs> uh, there was quite a bit where I was trying to read along with the book just randomly. And I was like, oh, that's uh-huh. a line there. And then, oh, wait a minute. That's not in the book that's at all. There. The whole thing about cowboy casserole. And Dylan goes, wait a minute. If chicken casserole has chicken in it. And his mom goes, no, no cowboys were harmed in the making of this casserole. <laughs> I, was like, okay. I did find that very amusing. Yes. Yes. Even though it's not in the book, I found it very amusing. Those little things. That was a good ad. Um, Cammy and Tracy, their, their click is awful and it makes me, it's very realistic and I hate it. <laughs> Excuse me, you weren't invited? Uh, and they, they sound like they're just going along with anything Cammy and Tracy would say. Ashley's the only one who actually has a brain. Everyone else there is just, oh yeah, that's, that's so dumb. Like, why are you insulting our, our friend? People are actually like yeah. that, and middle schoolers are actually like that, and college students are actually like that. It's disgusting. So, yeah. It is. Good Good on Chris Fabry and John Fornoff and Jerry Jenkins for saying yeah. You are so right about that. You know, I am, so I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, in the book, there's also the mention that 
Ashley has a recording device when she goes up and talks to them at lunch. They're trying to get their recordings for uh, a couple instances. And then they f- it finally works when they're in the alleyway. Mm-hmm. So thought that was an interesting omission. Or, oh, because they were trying to record it the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Ashley just goes up and talks at in the audio drama. There's no mention of there being a recorder there. Race also yeah. has this weird thing where he talks about eating fruit and vegetables, uh, eating jello and pizza. This is where... Yeah, what was that? Well, he, was, he says... Is that I, just what they were bringing to school? Yeah, so he, yeah, so he had jello and pizza, and, and Ashley was like, well, you should be eating fruits and vegetables. He's like, yeah, I am. Strawberries are fruit, and pizza's a vegetable. He's like, pizza's not a vegetable. And this well, is where... Should be. This, this is where... It, it's, this whole thing was very different from Haunted Waters. And that Haunted Waters, for all of the, the stilted directing... I think I, I liked it a lot more, even though this one had a, a fresh flavor uh, by John it Fornoff. It, it, was, it was a lot more focused in what it wanted to tell, and I think it was a lot more faithful to the book. And I still really liked the, the story beats of the last one, whereas this one really maybe is the book that feels this way. It's just so meandering. There is so much that's just us following the Timberlines around, doing random stuff that doesn't lead anywhere. Whereas the last one, even the Haley thing had a payoff in the end. It was discussed and Ashley was thinking about it the whole time, even though, yeah, she was thinking about the whole time. And we got indications that she was. It was a faithful adaptation by Chris Fabry of his original work that creatively didn't include narration, but for somehow turned Dylan up to 11. Now we have Dylan, <laughs> who's actually good and actually kind of cute here, and I like it. But then there's so much stuff that's added at the expense, the, the actual expense of losing time to be able to talk about other things. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I would have liked this to be more of a character study than a, yes. a, 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 pl- a just a plot thing. Because I think there's just in the little glimpses that I've seen from the book, it seems like there's a lot of good character stuff here. Yeah, and it kind of seems like maybe that was what John was going for, like with the red thing, that's a way to add further character study to Ashley's character. I think maybe what went down was that the character study that is actually in the story, like Bryce's distrust of Sam, or even just the general stress that both of the twins go through because they're not able to use their ATVs. And that was like one of the best things about this new life in Colorado that kind of took their mind off their dad, stuff like that was kind of forgotten about. Even the, the ballet shoes. I I feel like I remember in the book, that was a much bigger issue to Ashley than that. The audio or sorry, than the audio drama made it out to be. Yeah. I don't even remember what the impetus for for that was. It was just all of a sudden, hey, there's a fundraiser. Let's go. Use this as an excuse to go talk to Mrs. Ingram. Right. I remember. So Ashley really cares about ballet in the books. And so those ballet shoes are super important thing to her to to get those shoes so she she is very motivated about that maybe even feels a little bit like oh i i i'm so sad i don't think i have the resources to be able to successfully sell enough candles for this and actually get the shoes because the other girls are way more popular kind of thing Mm -hmm. Um, i might be just (laughs) nostalgia remembering that but i feel like that's in the book we will see Um, we will see but also um even bryce there's a chapter that went completely omitted at the end of the audio drama or at the end of the audio drama. It's not there, but in the book, he talks to Jeff again about 
Like, hey, we're going to go on that bike ride thing. Oh, and there's a letter from Danny in the book, too. That's not included at all. Wait, what? So this thought... is from, from Danny Ingram. It, he says, I know my mom wrote you, and but I wanted to thank you personally for what you did to help me. I don't deserve how nice some people have been. Maybe one oh, day you and your brother can come yeah. to our parents' farm and ride horses or something. We have a three-legged dog that needs company. Anyway, I'm leaving town for a treatment place to try and get my life together. Thanks again for believing me. Sincerely, Danny. Oh, that's nice. I can't believe they cut that. It is. And the, the two line is Ashley Timberline and her brother. I don't know his name. It's <laughs> <That's> great. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually what it says <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> I forgot about that that makes total sense though because Ashley was the only one on the form that brought up an interesting question I kind of rubbed me the wrong way when the note from Mrs. Ingram came back and Ashley read it out and I thought back to that episode and I thought well they were kind of getting in involved in business that they didn't really have a business to be investigating, like going and snooping around. It kind of felt like what that's what that was. And in a way, kind of deceiving Mrs. Ingram to say, we're, we're just selling candles. Oh, 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 something's going on with your son. Oh, well, you don't have to tell us about that. Oh, okay. Well, tell us about it. And it seemed like maybe the book is different, but it seems like they unintentionally did the right thing by going and talking to her. And when she sends back that note, I can't help but think like, well, yeah, but that's not why you were there. You weren't there to to help. You were there to to snoop. And you kind of kept up the pretense of selling candles, even when you didn't really you didn't really want to sell candles to her. You just wanted to have an excuse. That's kind of how it feels. And maybe it was good. Uh, it is good that that kind of came out of it in the end. But I don't know how I feel about Ashley as a character for not being portrayed as mm, meh. I mean, I guess she is caring. I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Do you have any idea what I'm trying to say? I think in the book... Well, they don't get shot at, for one thing. <laughs> yeah, they don't get shot at. I don't think they're trying to be as sneaky in the book. I'm not so sure. I think Ashley's motivation is, I'm going to go sell candles, but on the way, I'm going to see if I can do it for the Ingrams. Contrast that with the audio drama, which it seems like they're having a conversation. And they're like, oh, I know how to get in here. We'll pretend we're selling candles. Yeah. So I, I do I do see what you're saying. But that was that was just a little thing in the middle of me not really knowing how to to frame this episode. And I think in sure. the future, once I once we get back into the groove of doing the Sunday special and doing this, I'll be able to go back and listen to all four episodes in context and stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, in in any case, last thing I don't know how I feel about is Sam's cliffhanger from the last one saying, "I was the one who killed your father," and then in this one, he was a reason that their father died in the plane crash because a terrorist was after him. I don't know why he would say, I killed your father because of that. And that's a that's a thing right. from the book. Can you explain more of his, his thought process behind that? Yeah, the way that he explains it in the book is basically exactly the way he explains it in the audio drama, mm -hmm. that he he sees it as transitive property. The bomb was put there to kill me, but it ended up killing your father, so I'm responsible. No, you're Does not. it make sense that he would think he's responsible? I don't know. I, <laughs> I think that's maybe where it does definitely feel a little somehow Palpatine returned vibe <laughs> <laughs> as far as explanations like yeah i said something super massive in the last time last time we talked and now i've got to own up to like i've got to get past the ooh wait this is a this is a big twist 
I've got to I've got to explain myself. So I'm going to give you something that's not anywhere close to as interesting as me actually killing your father. No, it was actually someone else. I just I just feel responsible. Here I was like he tried to take down a plane that a terrorist was on and he accidentally murdered uh, or I guess it would be like I don't know what it what it would be like the casualties along with the terrorists were everybody on the plane. Like that'd be really dark mm-hmm. and that'd be really hard to grapple with. But no Somebody just tried to kill him and missed. I definitely don't mean to say that I don't see a way that someone could feel guilty for that. I could definitely see myself feeling guilty for that if I was in a position that I was doing things to antagonize a bad group and they wanted to get at me and then they ended up hurting someone innocent in the process. I think, especially if... I was meant to be in that place, but then someone else ended up in that place instead. I would feel responsible. Like, like, like if I, I was antagonizing someone and so they put a bomb in my car and my wife drove the car instead of me. Yeah. I could feel responsible, especially if like that morning I'd been like, oh, I need to go run this errand, but oh, but I need to take care of this other thing too. Hannah, can you run the errand? I'd feel especially terrible if I asked her to do it. So I I can see how, by proxy, he kind of feels that he's responsible. And that, I feel, would be a very interesting character exploration to, to sort of see, okay, throughout the books, does he show that he feels responsible for other people's pain that he somewhat contributes to otherwise than that? Like, is that a character flaw that he has? If so, fantastic. If not, it's a bit cheap. And that's okay, because the series is still interesting to me. Yeah, I'm reading through the ending, and the book, the second to last paragraph in the book is, Dylan walked in wearing three pairs of socks, my dancing shoes, and a smile. What's going on? He said. (laughs) (laughs) You traded that for a double-decker... For cowboy pizza, or cow... Cowboy Castle? Well, no, that was, that was beforehand, but... Double, oh, Double Decker. Yeah, you traded okay, that for Double Decker. Was that what they call it, Double Decker Bus? Yeah. Okay. That's unfortunate. Yeah, it's okay. How about we end this? Overall, I'm not gonna say this is the worst audio drama I've ever heard. <laughs> it's it's great. It's entertaining. It, it, like, good, it's entertaining. Good if you've not read the books, go ahead and give it a listen. I think you'll probably enjoy it. If you can get past some kind of weird cliffhangers i think it's still something that you can put on and listen to in the background and it's still like there's good characters good stories it's just this one doesn't really know what it wants to be it it doesn't know if it's a a mystery like it was last time it doesn't know if it's a character arc uh it doesn't know what scenes are important what scenes aren't it doesn't know why scenes are important and it doesn't communicate that properly to the audience and i don't know how much of that is because like they're actually struggling with their identity or if it's just because they were like oh well we've got this property that we acquired no i'm saying i'm saying like a a general sense if if an episode is like all over the place i'll say it doesn't know what it wants to be not not that the executive producers or john didn't know that but yeah. yeah yeah i didn't mean that in response to you so much as like Right. Just try, trying to get into the head of the people creating this. I don't think that they don't know what they want it to be. I think it's more maybe that they don't need to put a lot of thought into it because this isn't this major groundbreaking project. They just need to take a book and turn it into an audio drama. Yeah. Well, hey, I have some news for the Sunday special Ooh. that I would like to announce. Well, one thing that I wanted to do for the Sunday special back when we started this was eventually review the unreleased scripts for 
the end of W. Mark Whitlock's season. There were six, five or six episodes. What? I wanted to. I don't have them, unfortunately. Okay, I, I thought you were going to tell me you did. Uh, yeah, he... <laughs> It's taken, it's been uh, pretty much 10 months at this point. I've messaged him a couple times and he's always said like, hey, I'm really busy and I know where the computer is. I just haven't had a chance to access it. And I don't ever know if he's going to send him over. I really hope he does, but I don't want to bother him. But we do have some unreleased scripts for Red Rock Mysteries that we hopefully will be able to review on the podcast. Book six in the Red Rock Mystery series was adapted what? by Darby Kern to be produced for Keys for Kids Ministries. Oh, really? And I recently talked with Darby Kern and asked him if he could share it, and he said he'd be happy to. So, Ooh. once we finish the first five books, we may have another bonus episode on the Sunday special where we talk about Darby Kern's uh, unused script for Red Rock Mysteries book six. Darby Kern. <laughs> Good reference. Not this audio <laughs> drama, though. Okay. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm really excited to do yeah. that. Yeah, that's that's kind of all I have to say for now. If you have any feedback on anything we talked about, or if you have any thoughts on Red Rock Mysteries in general, either the audio drama or the book, feel free to let us know. Editing Michael from the past tells me that the bit is over, so we should probably let that die now. <laughs> Unless I brought it back in the meantime. <laughs> Go to returntogilead.com. No, my mental state is persistent across universes. I'm always tired. Oh. <laughs> I guess timelines is what I mean, but not universes. Anyway. In the meantime, I'm Ryan. And I'm Michael. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope you'll join us next time as we continue to investigate Red Rock Mysteries. Oh,